to No Filler. I'm Quentin. And I'm Travis. And on this month's What You Heard, we're kicking things off with a brand new song from Toro Imois' latest album, Mahal. This song is called Days in Love. very like more 70s than some of some of his his other stuff yeah the whole album's like this dude like very progressive psychedelic rock right yeah um i feel like he i feel like he's changed since he paired up with the matson too so does he collaborate with him on this record as well yeah well they they show up on one of the one of the songs unknown mortal orchestra also appears on this record who is also a very psychedelic dude we've talked about this guy before toro oh, what's his name chaz bundick he goes by chaz bear now okay chaz bear it's it's whatever if that's what he wants to go by it's cool all right but no i've read a few articles and they all reference you know they talk about chaz bear and then they reference him as bear throughout the rest of the article so that's what he's going by now well you know we talked about him on our 200th episode where we talked about all the indie music that was coming out when we were doing our indie music vlog, right? And I think of all the chill wave artists that were all over the place in the 2010s, he seems like the one who's stuck around the longest and like evolved the most, you know? Yeah. Like he, you know, when you listen to his first record, it's good chill wave, but it's, it, you know, it's not all that different than all the other stuff that was coming out. You got to remember too, like he was one of the first to do it, right? So give him some credit for that. But yeah. And he was a true like bedroom, bedroom chill wave artist. So he was doing it all probably from a laptop. And he was right there with Washed Out. Yeah. And Washed Out, <laughs> Neon Indian, you know. Um, but yeah, dude, I so I listened to this album all the way through on one of the flights that I was on uh, a couple weeks ago. And it's very psychedelic. Um, like I said, if, if you're not familiar with his work with the Matson 2, he did this album back in 2017 called Star Stuff with the Matson 2, which is this 
it's a couple of twins that are these like jazzy kind of experimental psych rock jazz stuff that they do. And he paired up with them. And this is one of, one of my favorite albums of that year. And yeah, dude, since then he's, he's been starting to lean towards that sound. And this album is just so great, dude. I mean, this is going to pop up on our best 2022, dude, for sure. That song was Days in Love, which was the very last song on the album. So that's how he ends the record. And it's a blast, dude. Like I said, just give it a listen if you haven't already. Uh, it just came out at the very end of April. New stuff from Toro y Moi, And that is how we are kicking off this What You Heard for the month of May. Dude, I feel like I'm still a little bit rusty, dude, you know? Well, as you can probably hear, my, my voice is a little a little raspy. I'm recovering from a cold here, so. Now, have you taken that COVID test, brother? Twice, dude. Okay. Just to, just to verify, yeah. Okay. I'm drinking some chamomile honey tea right now. I'm trying to soothe my throat. Well, I think you sound great, brother. You know? Thank you, thank you. With um, our What You Heard episodes, it's more about the music. Less talk, more music, right? That's right, dude. And I got some doozies for you today. So if this is your first time joining us, once a month, we do what we call What You Heard. It's an episode where we bring songs to the table, just artists and albums that we've discovered in between our regular weekly recordings. So... It can be anything, something you heard on the radio, something you heard on a movie soundtrack, and we just bring five songs each, and it's just a tune-heavy episode. I'm kicking things off today with some Bjork. Some Bjork? That's right, dude. Is she putting out new stuff? No, she's not, but KUOW, my favorite local radio station up here in Seattle, played a song of hers from her album Post, which came out in 95. I confess, I've never really given her a proper, like, listen through of, of any of her stuff, really. Yeah, the thing about Bjork, dude, like, it, like I feel like you got to give, like, a week in between each album. If you're going to listen to an album all the way through, it's so out there and, like, intense that, like, you need some time to process in between each record. But, uh, again, a few weeks back on KUOW, I heard a song of hers from her album Post. This is her her second record. And, yeah, dude, I'm just going to play it, man. Because, uh, And also, we're going to split this into two clips. Basically, we're going to play the whole song because for people that don't know Bjork, I want to highlight everything that makes her insanely awesome and we have to play the whole song to do that so here we go this is a song from her album post from 1995 this song is called i miss you
Yeah, it's great. It's great. Somebody who has listened to a good portion of her stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Does each record change? Like, is she an ever-evolving artist as far as, like, styles that she'll incorporate into her music and stuff like that? And maybe the only thing that's consistent is, like, her voice. Or is this kind of Bjork, right? Like, this kind of sound. I'd say it's a happy medium. I mean, I know she's very experimental. So, like, yeah, from song to song, it's probably super different, right? The consensus is Bjork is an alien. <laughs> She landed on this planet, and she's sharing the music of her people. Of her alien race. Of her alien race. This song is more... So this is one of the singles. There's six singles on this record, dude. This is okay. one of them, and it's... I, I would say it's more radio-friendly, but what always stands out to me about Bjork, it's her voice, dude. I mean, and, and once yeah. I play this second clip, dude, I mean, it's just so intense, man. Like, it just gets you. And, like, you can relate to her. Even if it's not something that you totally understand what she's singing about, you're like, I I totally get that. (laughs) It's just the way she, like, delivers it. So, I don't know if you caught on the lyrics, but I love this, dude. She's, I think she's singing about, like, a love that hasn't happened yet. You know, like soulmate kind of thing. You haven't found it yet. She says, verse one, I miss you, but I haven't met you yet. You are gorgeous, but I haven't met you yet. I was peaking, but it hasn't happened yet. Anyways, dude, it it all just kind of comes to this like intense like crescendo in this second clip, dude. So let's play it. Here we go. Here's the second half of I Miss You by Bjork. Can you imagine how upset you would be if you're waiting around for your soulmate and then you just settle for someone else and then they arrive and you're like, I'm already in a relationship, man. Dude, that's, that happens all, all day, every day, dude. All day, every day. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. That, that, dude, that's probably 
sixty percent of relationships out there. There I said it. Yeah, dude. I there I said it. Yeah. I mean, people. You know, if if the concept of a soulmate is real, uh, or at least you know the idea that there's one perfect person for you. Of course, they're not going to live in the city that you live in. Like, what are the odds of that? Of <laughs> right. all the people on the planet? Right. You know what I mean? But, hey, man, no use in thinking about that kind of stuff. If anyone can, like, articulate it in song, it's Bjork, dude. So, that is, again, I Miss You by Bjork on her second studio album, Post, from 95. And I'm going to pass it on to you, dude. How are you going to kick things off for us? All right, Q. I think I've got a pretty good song to transition us out of Bjork. Um, And these guys, we've talked about them before. We probably either brought them as a What You Heard or they may have been featured on like our Best of the 2010s episode playlist. Uh, But they are a psychedelic rock band from Japan called Kikagaku Morio. So I know you're familiar with them, Q. Oh, yeah. They've got some new stuff out, don't they? So they put out a new single. Yeah, dude. I've listened to this. It's great, yeah. Dude, I had it on my list of songs to to bring today, but I didn't bring it. I bumped it. They've actually put out the entire record since I had this song added to my list, so I actually need to go back and listen to the full thing. But this is a single from the, their new record. And, dude, this is kind of a bummer, but... They're basically going on hiatus, and this is their last record for the foreseeable future. So, damn. Anyway, if you're a fan of this group, this is the last record potentially that you will ever hear from them. But anyway, so here it is. The song is called Cardboard Pile.
going on with the bang, dude. Like, yeah. I can always count on them to to drop some tasty psychedelic jams. Yeah, they have a way. Th- there was a song very familiar to that one, or very similar to that one, that I remember from House in the Tall Grass, which was their 2016 record. That's the one I'm very familiar with, and yeah, dude. Or it's like a, yeah, it's got like a slow build. Yeah. And then they kind of, they go into this like nice groove, you know, they always get into this really smooth melody, you know, they're really good at that kind of stuff. It's very flowy and kind of like, you're just kind of one with the wind, you know. <laughs> yeah. I dude. could just, you just imagine, you think of like the 60s flower child type stuff dancing in the fields, you know. Well, yeah, man. And speaking of that, there's a, a high bar to jump over in the hurdle for, for you when it comes to like bands that are doing the psychedelic rock sound. Yeah. I, I know that this band, you know, they're above and beyond that, that bar, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, I just, I just want them to be authentic, you know, like do something different. Something new. Yeah, totally. Don't do it just as a gimmick. Right. That's my thing. I think we should just go ahead and let our listeners know, dude, that you're fighting something. Did you mention it on the recording, dude? You're you're fighting a cold. Yes, I'm on the other on the other side of uh, a cold here, so you have to bear with me. So I'm gonna try to professionally cut out his throat uh, clears and his uh, sneezes and coughs, but forgive me if it sounds a little wonky. But uh, you're doing great, Trav, and I appreciate you. Uh, you know. Press and record today when you're fe- you're feeling down in the dumps. You know, the show must go on cue. Well, speaking of that, dude, we got eight more songs to cover, dude. This is a band called Yura Yura Taikoku. Apologies if that was not the right way to pronounce that. This is a band out of Tokyo formed back in 1989. And they are a psychedelic punk rock band that continued on through the 90s and through the the early 2000s. I just discovered these guys. They're great, dude. And I'm just going to let the music speak for itself. It should be a good transition from Kika... uh, I forgot their name. Kika Goku... uh, Fuck. Kika Gaku Moryo. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So we're going from Japanese psychedelic to Tokyo psychedelic. To Tokyo. Yeah. And uh, I got into one of their albums from 2001. Just keep in mind that this is the same year that The Strokes released Is This It? And the whole, you know, Garage Rock revival happened. I did not know. Of course I didn't know because we didn't hear this stuff. I didn't know what was happening in Tokyo at that time. But I think this group is a good example of of the awesomeness that was going on in Tokyo around the same time that The Strokes released their debut record Is This It? So again, this is Yura Yura Taikoku. The album is Yura Yura Taikoku 3, because it's their third album. And this song is called Otoko wa Fuantai. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, yeah. 
pretty pretty punkish right yeah you said that they're classified as a psychedelic punk man like those two words together well, let's not let's not get hung up on that dude let's not get well i'll just you know it's a trick i've never heard psychedelic and punk paired together so i was just wondering oh yeah are those two separate genres that get applied to them like maybe sometimes they sound psychedelic sometimes they sound punk or yeah they're definitely like the rest of this album and you know i kind of dabbled in a few of the albums from their early days um, it has that garage rock sound, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and like, kind of like, um, uh, I'm not going to say hot, hot heat, but that kind of stuff comes to mind. Like the, uh, well, no, it is. It, yeah. I mean, this is around that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think garage rock and punk in the early two thousands, certainly a lot of crossover. Kinda, yeah, exactly. And that that's what these guys were doing. But yeah, man, I, like this is the kind of stuff like, so I'm reading here like the second sentence on their Wikipedia article. It says it took them 16 years since their formation in 89 to play a show outside Japan, performing in New York City in 2005. So like, this is just one of those things where if it wasn't for super accessible music with streaming services, like I would have never heard these guys. I just love discovering new bands like this and just broadening my knowledge of like what was going on in rock around the globe yeah and you know to hear that tokyo punk bands were kind of doing the garage rock sound as well is kind of cool you know yeah really cool 
So again, that was Yura Yura Teikoku, and that song was called Otoko Wa Fuante. I'm going to pass it on to you, brother. What you got? So I'm going to play a song from a band that we had actually considered doing an episode on um, called Quicksand. Uh, I think we decided to do Unwound instead, which was last week's episode. But um, it's just another heavier side of alt-rock band from the 90s. Uh, Alt-metal is a term that they've had thrown on them before. But um, yeah, so this is gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit here. We're gonna we're gonna get a little bit um, gonna get a little heavier, but we're not going full blown like Meshuga Q. So don't worry. <laughs> Good. You don't have to worry about drowning in in the um, in the metal wading pool or whatever. Yeah, dude. I I somehow found a way to drown in the wading pool with my floaties it's, on, yeah. dude. Yep. You had your floaties on and everything. You threw me in, dude. That was the deep end. Yeah, I did. I, I was too quick. It was shallow waters, but somehow the deep end. I went straight to Meshuggah. That's fine. You got to take multiple steps. Before I forgive you. Anyway, here is one of those steps, Q, that you could take on your metal journey. So again, this band is called Quicksand, uh, and we're going to play a song off of their 1995 record, Manic Compression. This song is called Super Genius. When did that come out? 95. Nice. Yeah, dude, that was sweet. So, according to Wikipedia, the the genres for this for this record at least, uh post-hardcore and emo. I don't know about emo. I mean, his his vocals are I don't know. You know what? I think we're just going to say Wikipedia is wrong, okay? I don't hear any emo in this record, but 
post-hardcore, I think, is is maybe a more appropriate uh, genre, but alt-metal for sure. And like, I feel like the, the the riff, the beginning riff on this song, to me, sounds like what's around the corner with new metal, corn, you know, that kind of stuff. Rage, of course, rage had already been had already been happening, and sorry, corn. But I'm just saying, I don't think the new metal peak had really happened yet by '95, but it was right around the corner, you know. Here's what I was getting, dude, and I hope that you get a good chuckle out of it. Usually my go-to joke is it sounds like corn, but you said that yourself, so <laughs> I I was getting some Offspring vibes. His vocals, for sure, yeah. On the vocal yep. side. I can hear that. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, I guess I just meant the way that that riff, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to describe it, but... Um, and if I tried to imitate it right now, my, my, my vocals would just fucking... You know what else I was getting, dude? I was getting some Linkin Park. <laughs> You're joking, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. All right, Q. Well, I'm going to throw it back to you. What do you got? Uh, this is going to be a song from New Order, who we're all familiar with, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. I got to say, dude, that song that you brought to the table on our uh, little stint on John Hughes' music from, from all the John Hughes films. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We, we did... A song from the film, and then a song that we liked that wasn't a single that was featured on the same album. And the song Lonesome Tonight on the album Substance from 87. Yeah, I remember uh, that was one of those songs that I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should listen to more New Order. Well, yeah, it was one of those songs where it's like, oh, this kind of music was happening in 87. And I can hear all the influences that came from from New Order and from that sound. Um, the album from the John Hughes film, I think it was from either Pretty in Pink or... Did we cover two Molly Ringwald movies? Anyways, it was Thieves Like Us. I think it was on Pretty in Pink. But anyways, dude. I Yeah, that, that got me started on, you know, just kind of like slowly diving into New Order. Because they have a lot of music out there. Um, so I just did what I usually do and what you do as well. And I went back to their debut record, which is called Movement. Came out in 81. So keep this in mind, dude. 81. And this is the kind of stuff that was going on. And I don't know how big these guys were right off the bat, but like this song, dude, was just like, man, how how did this come out in 81? Dude, you know what? You know what I've learned, Q? What have you learned? You and I, we don't we don't have the full picture of 80s music. It's forming slowly, but I mean... We were born in 87, you know? So, like, yeah, there's just so much stuff we just don't know about. Lots of holes, you know, in our knowledge, but, you know, we we fill those holes, Q, every week here on No Filler. So, have you listened to any song from this album? No, I don't think I have. All right, man. Well, this is is a doozy. All right, so, again, this is New Order from their debut album from 81, Movement. The song is called Chosen Time.
the drums are amazing. Yeah, man. I love that fast-paced kind of stuff. So, New Order, if I remember correctly, is the band that formed after uh, Ian Curtis of Joy Division's Suicide, right? Yes. It's basically Joy Division minus Ian Curtis, right? It is a continuation of the dark post-punk sound of Joy Division's material. Yeah, I like it, dude. It, like, this is what I've always liked about Interpol, for example. Mm-hmm. That's who I thought of, too, man. Yeah, there is this... I think they get compared to him a lot because of the monotone vocal delivery. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the darker vibe that you get. I don't know how to describe it other than just, like, the imagery that it evokes, you know? Yeah, dude. Interpol's music especially. You just think of, like, the city, you know, and concrete and, like industrial night drive imagery yeah smoke filled rooms and shit you know yeah dude that this album is all about that yeah i was all about those drums man Uh, that was great it's good stuff dude and of course it is right because like people who know about new order and you know who were fans of music in 81 are like yeah man i've been listening to this album forever (laughs) they're like no shit boys welcome to the party Yeah, yeah exactly but dude it's never too late to to discover new music that's gonna change your life dude and this is one of those songs hell yeah put that on a bumper sticker that's right all right man pass it on to you what you got so i'm gonna rapid fire here this will be a 180 for sure it's been a while since i brought a soundtrack to no filler but i gotta i gotta be true to myself q and i I love it when you do man i'm always surprised and i'm always delighted i listen to soundtracks all the time so um, this is, I don't remember how I stumbled upon this guy, but he goes by the name Umberto. Um, what? But his actual name is Matt Hill. Backing up to last month's What You Heard. This is probably how I stumbled upon him. I brought a Mort Garson track from like the 70s. Dude, I loved that song, man. That was one of those songs that just blew me away. Like, how did this come out so long ago? 75, right. Yeah. But it's that, like, dark synth type stuff, right? That kind of calls back to 80s slasher films, right? Right. Well, there's a group of musicians that make music that kind of sounds like that. It could be the score for some sort of movie that came out in the 80s that, you know, doesn't exist, right? Anyway. He actually produces music like that, but he also does soundtracks, this guy. And he put out a, or I guess he he created the soundtrack for a movie that I've never seen. Most of the soundtracks I listen to, I have not played the video game or watched the movie. I just I just like soundtracks. Uh, so I've never seen this. I can't vouch for the movie. It could be a shitty movie, but it's called Arc Enemy. came out in 2021. Apparently, it's a superhero mystery thriller film directed by adam egypt mortimer apparently elijah wood produced it you know what i like elijah wood dude i like everything that he does maybe he was a co-producer i don't know you know he's a dj on the side um dude everybody's a dj on the side <laughs> Shaq I guess is a so. dj on the side yeah right yeah. if you have enough money you're a dj on the side yep anyway so let's just play the song here it's got a funny name the song is called hamster city motherfucker
Give me some more of that, dude. All day. The record is pretty much like that, you know? And I want to see the movie that that music is accompanying, you know? I mean, dude, I could see that movie poster from, from that Wikipedia article that you pulled up and, uh, you know, I was intrigued. The Yeah, the movie poster definitely matched the um, synth soundtrack, but, you know, a lot of times, Q, the soundtrack is better than the movie. It happens often, but dude. Anyway, so again, that guy, uh, his name is Umberto. Uh, a lot of his music kind of falls under that line. All right, so Q, I'm going to throw it back to you. All right, man. So this is a group called Lightning Bug. There's not a lot out there about them. It is a trio out of New York. And I actually found a comment on Bandcamp from this album that I'm going to play a song from. Uh, You know, it's got like little comments from people that have listened to it on Bandcamp. I was trying to look for something that described it. And this does it beautifully, dude. So this is an album of theirs that came out last June called A Color of the Sky. And I'm just going to read this real quick. So this is from Envelope Filter. It says, a modern masterpiece that only few will know how to enjoy. One really needs to stop everything, feel life for a moment, and deeply breathe its sounds. Beyond everything linear and tangible in this world, there's something much more profound built in pure honesty here. It's one of those records that feel like it's nature itself proclaiming its essence. It goes on, but I'll stop there, dude. So um, there's something about this album, man. It it deserves your attention. I'm going to get us started with track one from the record. Again, this is Lightning Bug, an album of theirs from 2021 called A Color of the Sky. This song is called The Return.
beautiful. That's a warm blanket, dude. Warm blanket. Yeah, I was um, kind of moved by one of those lyrics, Hugh. Turn off my phone and live alone in everlasting peace. But is my soul to turn to stone when my childish wanderings cease? I don't know. The, the idea of like just turning off your phone, like disconnecting and just going off into the woods, you know? Yeah, man. And just fucking checking out, dude. There's so much shit going on these days, man. It's tempting to just get up and go somewhere. Get the hell out. That's the theme of the whole record. Well, vocally, I mean, I was getting like a throwback to Dolores or Del- Dolores Aurordian, the cranberry singer. She almost sounded like mm. a dead ringer. She's not I I looked it up. She's not Irish though. She's um or at least she's from New York. Maybe she is Irish, but the band is from New York. But, you know, she had that kind of flair to her vocals that Dolores or Del- I keep saying Dolores. Dolores had in some of the early cranberry stuff for sure and some of the songs on this record feel kind of like a throwback to the um what was that early 90s that the cranberries yeah came around yeah yeah it has that vibe to it um but yeah the underlying theme is kind of just like you know questioning our purpose as a species and dude, I'm here society for you know yeah i'm here for it right now dude it's great man like i said from track one, listen to it all the way through. It's worth your time. Again, that was Lightning Bug. That was The Return. Track one off of their album, A Color of the Sky, that came out in 21. Travis, what you got? All right. I'm going to give credit to our older brother, Spencer, for recommending this record. It's by a band called Sebado. So here we go. We're back in the 90s again, dude. This is another alt-rock, indie rock band from the 90s. Uh, interestingly enough about this group is that they were formed um, by the bass player for Dinosaur Jr. Nice. Which is another great band that we should probably circle back around to eventually. But um, essentially, Lou Barlow, the bass player, wanted to have a side project that he could have more control over, right? Because... Jay Mascus, which is the lead singer of Dinosaur Jr., basically had taken over full creative control of that group. And so Barlow wanted his own project to do. And so, yeah, Sebado was formed as a side project. It's still going on, but I thought this was kind of a funny quote from one of the other members of the band. There's like several years that go between recordings of new records from Sebado. And, um, Jason Lowenstein of Sebado says that um, Lou is always being taken away and abducted by Dinosaur Jr. (laughs) for those fun and exciting next level rock and roll tours. So when we get him back, we have to relight the fire. So basically, like Lou Barlow is still the bait. Like he never left Dinosaur Jr. like to pursue Sebado full time. Like he does both, right? Whenever they get him back, they try to get into the studio and record new new material. But anyway, this is one of their records from a long time ago. came out in 1994. The record is called Bake Sale, and I'm going to play a song called Dreams.
once again, I'm surprised by the 90s, man. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. For all these years, I didn't know, dude. You didn't know what? All the greatness that was coming out of the 90s, man. Dude. Holy I mean, shit. It's the decade that, that, that just... The, the amount of rock music that came out in the 90s is staggering when you think about it. Dude, it seems like rock was like... It was bored of itself <laughs> until the '90s came around. You know, like would would it have changed? And I'm and I'm not talking about what came about with new wave and and all that stuff that happened in the '80s. But I'm talking about true rock was like stagnant until the '90s and and grunge and shoegaze hit, and then this stuff came out and it's just it just changed everything. And bands are still doing this, man. Well, they are still doing it, but there, there's the, I feel like the there's the volume of just the amount of rock and all the different varieties of rock and the subgenres of rock that came out in the nineties. It's, it's, it's really, like I said, it's staggering to think about. That's what's blowing my mind. When you dude. go, when you, when you list out like the types of groups that are out and not only were they out, but they were like getting radio play and MTV airtime. Right. It's, it's, it's really the last decade that, Rock music was in the mainstream in a big way, you know. Yeah, and it's it's you know I don't know if we ever get it back, and that's fine because it happened, and we've got people that bands that are influenced by uh, by all this great stuff. Yeah, we can um, we can go back and enjoy it and listen to it. That was great, man. So again, that that band was called Sebado. Uh, that song was called Dreams of their '94 record, Bake Sale. All right, Q. We got We got to. We got to move fat, You know, through these last two songs before my my vocals just completely crap out on us here. All right, man. Rapid fire. We are playing this entire song because it has to be done. This is an artist that goes by Sundiver CA. I'm assuming that stands for California, but who knows? This is just more great, like DIY bedroom pop kind of stuff, similar to that artist that I was into for a while and still am waiting for more music out of him. Uh, Yacht Club. Remember him? Yep. All right, man. So this is, again, Sundiver CA. This is an album of his from 2019 called Superstar Baby. This song is called Live in Las Vegas.
solid track, dude. Love it. So many, you know, this is what's great about the rock. I mean, we just talked about rock being, you know, the 90s rock was like the last best decade. But, I mean, let's get real. So, like, there's a lot of, we've been talking about it this year. Like, there's a lot of great indie stuff coming out. The sound of some of these indie bands is really kind of interesting because they're embracing 70s a lot. Yeah, dude. Musically, like, this sounds very, I'm just going to say what comes to my mind, Q. Do it. Gino Vanelli. Whoa. Just yay or nay. That I mean, no, I'll, I'll yay it, but, like, cautiously. But I know what you're saying, dude. Yeah, there's... You have to squint, and then you, you maybe you'll see it. But I'm just saying, like, it's... It is a nod to that particular sound from the 70s, but with, like, a, a garage rock bend to it. Yeah. It reminded me of the new Toro E. Moi album. Yeah, I was thinking that, too, that it's it's got it's got some... Psych- but, again, like, the the new Toro E. Moi stuff is very 70s as well, so... Right, Exactly. It's interesting. Yeah, and I I love the way he just gets it, you know, it just builds up to the scream that he does. I I love when when songs do that. Yeah, really cool. Good stuff. And yeah, dude, we're rushing along, but we got one more song. So, what do you got for us, man? Are you going to are you going to bring some sugar level uh 180 on us or no? No, no. But you know, I'm going to I'm going to go back to the old the old reliable cue. Play some uh shoegaze for us here Mm. close us out i've been sleeping on shoegaze albums because i figured we could just do them as a full-length album or as a full-length episode instead of a a whatcha so well maybe we'll circle back to this group but they are called bedroom b d r m m interesting and they put out a record called bedroom spelled out the word right wow anyway all you need to know is this is a shoegaze record and it's great. It's just a classic shoegaze sound from a modern shoegaze band. So maybe they're technically called new gaze. That's kind of the term that you hear for newer shoegaze records. But, you know, they're definitely leaning more toward dream pop than shoegaze. But let's not get started on that. <laughs> We've been down that road. But here we go. Yep. So this song, again, is from their 2020 record, Bedroom this song is called Gush.
Well, that was great, dude. That was straight up 2010's Dream Pop. Loved it. Yeah. Really good. And that whole record is great. And that's one of the softer songs on the record. Cool. So, you know, they do lean more towards shoegaze on some of the some of their songs on this record. But um, so again, that band was called Bedroom, B-D-R-M-M, because, you know, bands have to get creative with the way they spell their names nowadays. But um, nobody's got time no, dude. for spelling out words, dude. Who needs vowels, dude? Who needs vowels? So that song was called Gush. And that's it. We're done. That's it, dude. And here's what I'm going to do for you, brother. What are you going to do for me? I'm going to wrap up this episode for us, dude. I know you're hurting. So let's just say toodaloo to Travis, and I'll wrap it up, dude. You know, and I'll put a nice little bow on it, go through our spiel, and um, that way you don't have to talk anymore, dude. That's what brothers are for, Q. I'm, I'm reaching out for a lifeline, and you're like, here you go. I got you, brother. I got you. Well, hopefully next week I should be back to buttery smooth, just like you, Q, my vocals. I hope so, man. No, I'm on the other end of this thing. It's just just a minor cold. I should be good to go next week. All right. Well, thank you, Q. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop off here. All right. Get to popping. Talk to you guys next week. All right. So you can find us on Instagram at NoFillerPodcast. Got some shout outs to do today. Man, we've been getting a lot of communique from y'all, and we love it. We're here for it. It's what we're all about. This is the best way to chat with us on our Instagram account. Send us a message on there. So I'm going to have to give their Instagram username for the shout out here. I don't see their name listed anywhere on their Instagram account. But this is a shout out to XX underscore Zachary underscore XX says here, love the show, gets me through work all the time. I'd love to hear a podcast about Astro Bright or Lovely's Crushing. Scott Cortez is amazingly underrated in shoegaze. So um, yeah, I didn't really know much about Astro Bright or Scott Cortez and I dove into it and yeah, man, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. I can definitely see the influence that he has had on so many artists, not just shoegaze. For those of you who are familiar with Pink Shiny Ultra Blast, another great shoegaze band, they got their name from a Scott Cortez album name. That's one of his albums. So, you know, that's just one example of the kind of reach that he's had as far as influences goes. So, yeah, thank you so much for that suggestion. Love it. I want more of it. Uh, and I'm going to give a shout out as well to Lemur Leaf Frog. That's his Instagram name. So he turned us on to a shoegaze band called Candy Afterlife. And man, I can't say enough how much I loved this stuff, what I've, what I've heard from them, what you shared with us. So this is a group, according to Lemur Leaf Frog, that never put out an album while they were still active. There's only compilations of various tracks that they recorded. And he shared with us his favorite song called Bee Child. And that's the song that we're going to outro out this What You Heard with. So thank you so much, Lemur Leaf Frog, for that. And as always, you can find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is the network we're a part of. We love being a part of it. It's a great group of music podcasters just like us. Lots of excellent excellent music podcasts within the network 
You can find us at Pantheon Podcast on Instagram. Pantheonpodcasts.com is the website. And as always, we would like to thank AKG for supporting the show and the network. And yeah, next week, I think we're going to cover Swerve Driver that was recommended to us by another one of our dear listeners, Marita Ryan. Thank you again, Marita, for the suggestion. This is another band from the 90s in the same vein of the the kind of music that we've been covering lately. So yeah, we're going to dive into some of their music next week. So again, thank you, Marita Ryan, for the suggestion. And yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Y'all take care.